Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals, and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair, and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of Endurance Horse Podcast. April 24th of this year, 2021, was the day that I turned 50, and I wanted it to be a memorable occasion. So Jim and I loaded up a rented van with two of our sons and our German Shepherd, headed west for St. Joseph, Missouri as our destination. We were on a mission to visit two of the Pony Express museums, one way station, and also to present the National Pony Express Museum with the 16 by 20 large wooden plaque that was engraved with all the names of 500 riders of our Pony Express 1900 mile challenge. The Pony Express 1900 mile challenge has been popular with our listeners of the podcast and also the riders of the Warhorse Endurance Challenges. Together we hope to help promote and preserve the National Pony Express Museum. We believe that the Pony Express Museum is a unique part of equine history and one that is deserving of preservation. We hope you enjoy a stroll down this very unique part of equine history where horses and riders were the main characters in the story, covering the miles together to accomplish a singular goal. Without further ado, I bring to you episode 53 of Endurance Horse Podcast, the National Pony Express Museum. Hello, Endurance Horse Podcast. Today we are talking with John Unger. Well, we're sitting in the office of the Marysville Pony Express Barn and Museum. We've got the only original Pony Express barn that's still on its original site. And so you were showing me where the original beams were and that the ceiling is not original. Yes. Um, in 1876, so it was a few years after the Pony Express actually had ended, the barn burned, and when they rebuilt it, they put a high-pitched ceiling on it to replace the original flat ceiling that was on it. So what I loved about the barn was that it still had the blacksmith forge in there. So is that part original in the corner, or it looked like some of the bricks were a little different and some of the bricks matched? Yes, the bricks, we had to actually replace some of those, and the walls were built higher, but it was all built with local stone that was quarried from right here in the county. This is the only standing original on-site Pony Express barn that we know of. It's, it's the origi- only original home station that's still on its original location, yes. Yeah, because I've seen some that were moved, but this one is still right where she's supposed to be. Yeah, this is where it was actually built. Because we were just at the National Museum about two hours away, and that was rebuilt, correct? Mm -hmm. Right. That's, yeah, what I understand is it was all rebuilt. So that's why we wanted... Joe, yeah. That's why we wanted to drive over here, you know, to just be in the barn where these horses and riders actually came through. So you were telling me that those big doors were so that the, the rider could come right through, jump on, and right out the other door. 
Yes, we, we've got the doors. It had, of course, the big door on one side and then another one right across from it. So a rider could come in and dismount and mount up and ride right out the other side or wagons or whatever could be brought in and brought right on out the other side. So, yes, it, it shows the original design and, and how it was back in 1860. So I'm only about 5'5". Five five. I don't think, because you were showing me how tall up it went, To it's still the original. Original, that's probably higher than I can reach because I'm kind of not that tall anyway. So it's just a huge, still the same brick. It's still the f- same footprint. So how many horses was this barn designed to hold? For the Pony Express, it held from five to ten horses in, in the south side of the barn. The south half of the barn was actually built and for the Pony Express, and then the north half the builder used for his blacksmith shop. And you, you said just for, you know, history and stuff, you have a bunk in here, but his riders didn't stay in the barn. They stayed where? No, the riders actually stayed across the uh, well. There's an alley there now, but um, to the north of the barn at what was called the Barrett Hotel is where the riders probably stayed. Can you give me, again, the brief history of how this building became to be preserved for the museum? How was this building saved? The barn was uh, after, after, of course, it was a number of things after the Pony Express and the blacksmith shop. But then a, a group got together, one of which my, was my father, and, and just felt that it was something that needed to be preserved and restored and built back up for the town so we could preserve that history and, and keep that history in place. I'm glad you did because, you know, I think history is an important thing. That's why we're here. Today was my 50th birthday and usually I skip my birthdays. I'm like, yeah, so what? It's a Tuesday. It's a Saturday. It doesn't really matter. But this year, 50 felt like something to, to mark. And because of what we had done for the other Pony Express Museum, we wanted to um, tie this in and just keep that history going because when I hear the word museum, I think, oh, that that must be well-funded, that must be safe, that is always going to be there. But I also wanted to, through this podcast, bring awareness that, no, especially during these times where a lot of things are struggling financially, so are museums, and you can't take them for granted. They need to be funded also. They need donors, they need things. Is there any um, way people can buy souvenirs from here or to send a donation to help keep this place going? We, we'd sure take donations. Um, <laughs> I'll give them your address. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're funded primarily through, you know, not primarily, but we're funded wholly through donations and admissions to the barn and, and sales of souvenirs. We don't have an online shop for souvenirs right now, but that's something that I hope we do have in the future. We've recently hired a new museum administrator and tourism coordinator for the city of Marysville. And we're hoping that's something that we can do because we do have a lot of history here in Marshall County and Marysville. Along with this museum, we've got a number of trails. There were many trails that came through Marshall County. We've just got a lot of things that we're really proud of and a lot of history that we're really proud of. So this is off topic, but I just have to say because we noticed it, it was hard not to notice when we were driving into town. There were black squirrel statues everywhere. Can you tell me that why are there black squirrel statues all over Marysville? Uh, we've also got the black squirrel. Um, the black squirrel escaped from 
a circus here in Marysville a, a long time back, uh, and so they've established a population of black squirrels, and it just kind of became the town mascot along the way. Yeah, I, now I know. Now I know. So I think if I know some of the podcast listeners, some of the challenge riders, they were thinking about making a trip out to St. Joseph to see that museum, and I think they should make the drive drive a couple more hours it's just about an hour and a half away two hours away and um, come over here and see the actual barn I mean if you're going to make it a Pony Express museum trip you have to come see the last standing barn I think don't you? Uh, I would agree and and just west of here another 15 miles is a, another relay station Pony Express relay station so in just two hours of driving time you could sure see a lot of history about the Pony Express. That's a great point one two three you can get quite a bit of history right here. Thank you, John, for letting my family come in. We called you in on a Saturday, and um, now we're going to give you a bunch of money from your souvenir shop because I found some cool stuff. Sounds great. We really appreciate you being here, and, and thanks for coming. Thank you. See, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> that was not so bad. Hello, podcast family. Today we are with Cindy Daffron, the executive director of the National Pony Express Museum in St. Joseph, Missouri. It's a great morning here in St. Joe. The sun's out for a change and, you know, people are out and the flowers are out and the trees are blooming. You know, it's just been a wonderful time to be in America and especially here at the Pony Express Museum. It looks beautiful. I couldn't have picked a better day. I think this is the prettiest birthday I've ever had. <laughs> I'm so glad we came down here and first thing we did was go over to your, your beautiful schoolhouse and checked out the flowers. You have a lilac bush growing there. That's my favorite. And we were just so surprised. How how big is your museum? Because it looks like it's two blocks or something. It's it's not just one building. No, no, no. And we almost own a, a full block with the exception of one building. And, you know, we have over 10,000 square feet just in the new edition that came in 1993, the front edition in 1955. But, you know, what we've tried to do is learn how to tell that story. And, you know, when the kids are up doing the saddles and the mochilas and doing it on right in front of them. We talk about how the, the Mustang, the wild Mustangs out west were the biggest pick because they didn't get their legs broke. They were just a sturdy animal. So every division, so in the middle they did the paint horse. And in our division, which is called the Eastern Terminus, they did the Thoroughbred and Morgan mm -hmm. because they were the sturdy horse. They were the ones that could get the speed. And we also know that uh, in research, we know that Johnny Fry used to race his horse down the middle of a street, mm -hmm. okay? And so guess what? We said, oh, well, who do you think was the first rider to leave St. Joe? They picked a polished rider who mm -hmm. was a race guy because they were after speed. So it was a race against time. So that's mm -hmm. what they called it, the great race against time. So could you tell me a little bit about that first little, was it a little red mare that left out of here? Yeah, his name was Seth. And, you know, we know that a little bit that Johnny, and there's a big story because he loved his horse. And as he was riding through, one of the young girls said, oh, I, I want to make a quilt, but I want a piece of Johnny's shirt mm -hmm. to put in it. And there's like, well, I, I don't know. What are we going to do? And so she went by and she said, Johnny, will you stop? I want to get a piece of your shirt, put in my cabin quilt. He goes, 
Nope, nope, me and Seth, we're headed. Mail must go through. Nope, don't have time. You know, so they were dedicated, but they took care of the horses. So later, the next time, she borrowed her grandfather's horse, waited between <laughs> the buildings, and chases him down till a piece of his shirt, and she actually got a piece of his shirt. So somewhere, there's a cabin quilt that was done by two horses that actually ended up getting that piece of material to make that, that quilt. Story. So it's kind of fun, you it know? It is fun. So one of the misconceptions, I think, from movies is that these horses ran a long distance, but the truth is these no. were very frequent stops. A horse would go four or five at the most. Seven to 15 miles. Yes. And so they put a relay station at that relay. And as a matter of fact, in 1960, I talked to mm -hmm. Lee Shiflett and Lee told me that they did everything. Oh, they practiced, had it all down. The only thing they didn't do was stop with the horse, put the mochila on it, get the rider back on it and go. They just pretended like they did it. Mm -hmm. So when the horse got up there, guess what happened? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the horse was just ready to go without getting the mochila on. Mm -hmm. So he said it was a great adventure, but they did it within four hours of the original time in 1860. They did it in 1960 because when they went through the pass, it closed. That's why now they do a re-ride. If you'll mm -hmm. watch in June, it'll leave one time from California, the next time from St. Joe. But when it travels across the country, uh, it, it's being done in June because the weather is just too treacherous in April going through those passes and those mountains. Now, because I, I did research a little bit and you just showed me these in-person redone mochilas, I yes. know what they are, but I don't think our listeners know what they are. Could you well, give us a... Yeah, a Israel Landis here in St. Joe, when the idea came up, he was a big leather man. He did a lot of stuff through the Wyeth, uh, Wyeth Industries here in St. Joseph, Missouri. And he said, you know, I have the idea that when they get up there, let's just set this saddle they called a Hope Saddle, okay, at the time. That's what we're being told. And so he puts these bags, but they're four pockets on each side, two on, two in the front, two kind of to the rear. So when you went up, you just, when you got off, you threw it, you threw it to the next one, and that rider then instantly. And they only had two minutes. So you think about two minutes. They did things by timing, not by other things, and mm -hmm. it was two minutes. So once they got on. Now, one of the pockets is open because they stopped at the military forts along the way. They also stopped at Salt Lake City and picked up some mail there and then carried it into the final destination. But when they got to Sacramento, they ferry it on an antelope, and another rider takes it all the way into San Francisco where it is finally hand canceled. So, you know, it's quite the, the story. Uh, I, I want to tell you, too, that if I was to know anything about the horses, one of the stories I read that came from one of the articles in a newspaper I read said that one of the riders got to the station and he said, wow, you know, I just need to take a break. Well, we all know what the break probably meant. Well, he threw the mochila on and went to go take his break. The horse takes off because guess what? <laughs> he was trained to take off, you know. Wow, because I know where my feet is at. Let's get going, mm -hmm. you know, I got to go. So he turned around and he goes, oh, no. Oh, no. So he asked the stock tender guy, because if he was only there with the horses, he was called a stock tender at the, at the relay station. And he said, can I borrow one of your horses? He goes, yes, you may. He said, I promise. I promise I'll bring it back. He said, I know. You're good for your word. So he goes off and all the way there underneath the stars and all the stuff, because they rode 24-7. Mm -hmm. Didn't matter. He said, we got there. He looked up, and he was just sauntered down, eating and had the mochila. And he's like, I've never been so glad to see a horse in my entire <laughs> life. And you don't have a name, so today you are the American boy, because I shall never forget who you are. Oh. So one of the few stories that we know, I thought the listeners might enjoy. They will. Cindy, you've given a large part of your life to this museum, yeah. and can you just tell, you just walked me through to come to this room to do the interview, and we walked by some boxes, and they were sadly from a different museum that closed. Yes. Which museum? Uh, 
uh, Wells Fargo uh, Bank had some uh, museum, and I believe it was in Salt Lake City, and they decided they needed to close it, and so they called and asked us, and we had email. Uh, they helped us do the stagecoach that's out mm -hmm. front to come in the Hall of Riders, so we have a working relationship. In uh, 2010, they actually brought the real stagecoach, and we had a parade with nothing but horses, okay? <laughs> no motorized anything. It was a wonderful, absolute wonderful day to be able to see that kind of parade led by the Wells Fargo stagecoach. But, you know, they sent us uh, two saddles and three mochilas. And so now if we want to do an event, I don't have to pull them out while visitors are here. Mm -hmm. I can actually use those. And then we're thinking we'd like to do a research center mm -hmm. and get an area where we could actually put all of our books, put all of our history, and put some things. And we thought it would be really nice because we have enough pictures. We could make it look Western and make mm -hmm. it look the time period. But we also now have a mochila. I, I think of all the things that's interesting, you know, a lot of postal workers come through here. Mm -hmm. and how much it means to them to realize how this postal system had developed. That Wells Fargo Museum sent you their things because they had to close. Yes. I think, maybe, maybe it's just me, but in general, when people see the word museum, we kind of think that's safe, that's funded, that's there forever. Obviously... That's not this true. La this last year caused a lot of things to be redone, rethought about. You know, for us, I will tell you, I'm really fortunate because I went to my board and I said, the last thing I want to do is lose my part-time, any of my staff. Mm -hmm. They said, Cindy, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, right now, if we can get this one grant coming up, which was in, we closed in March. We were closed 75 mm -hmm. days. We normally close five. Mm -hmm. 75 days in 2020. So when you think about the funds that you guys helped raise, it preserved the fact that this building is still a able to be here mm -hmm. because without that kind of support we only have membership we get no outside state or federal money so there's none that come in here so for us it's just really important to be able to tell the story but I think the thing they've done is preserve the actual history here mm -hmm. where it started and then you get as I'm being told we are the only museum that interprets the 2,000 miles that's why we talk about the four different horses we talk about the five different zones what those guys did what happened on the eastern terminus what happened on the western terminus and really to know that history. But I'm really fortunate because today the guy that Israel Landis I talked mm -hmm. to you about, we have the saddle he made for his son John that went to the Civil War. We were just gifted that saddle. A lady mm -hmm. uh, that preserves saddles and does things with leather is scheduled to come up this year and help me preserve that so that we can keep that history. Why is this part of history with this horse so important. You know, it's a wonderful collection of people. But, you know, to just give honor to that whole idea of how people would have given and believed and to think of the ingenious, because I said they started in March and, and, and January and said we're going to do it on April the 3rd. Now, today's world, you couldn't do anything in 90 days never mm -hmm. would happen. Mm -hmm. So I really believe that it was the ingenuity, mm -hmm. the hard work, the dedication. And when you think about it, it was pretty daring. It was very daring. <laughs> very daring ride. And you know, and it was endurance. If you use the word, mm -hmm. how about endurance of a ride to say you're going to ride 12 or 14 hours. So not only is it the endurance of what they did, the history of what they done, but is now preserved for generations and generations. Mm -hmm. The horses had to have a, a fair amount of talent because they had to go yes. on average seven miles. But how far how long did the riders, they were the real endurance factor. So yep. how long did the riders have to go? And then my last question is, could you just name some of these people that were the riders? Well, we know that, you know, Johnny Fry, we have uh, called himself Pony Bob Haslam. Uh, we have William Pridham. But 
when they get and they rode that far, those 12 or 14 miles all out, then when they would get to their destination, which would could have been, you know, the 12 hours. One of the original newspapers said they were scheduled to be in Marysville, Kansas within 12 to 14 hours. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, when you think about the weather, you know, but the reason they're late when they get to St. Joe is precisely supposed to leave here at 4.35 o'clock. Mm -hmm. They never left till 7.15 because the mail coming to St. Joseph was delayed. When they got to Hannibal, they said, you're only going 35, but it's a fresh track. Mm -hmm. Nobody had really been on it. So they said, Hannibal, St. Joseph, they said, okay, we'll issue orders, run wild, run wild to St. Joseph, Missouri. Mm -hmm. Now what that meant on the front was the old cattle catcher or the hog would push them out of the way. When they're going 75, the next article the next morning said, rain and hogs all the way to St. Joseph, <laughs> Missouri. So I really believe that, you know, the factor of picking the horse mm -hmm. as the object to get the things across that central route, mm -hmm. take all of this stuff for mail. But look at the letters that they carried for families. We have a new baby. This is who we are. We are safe. We are here. Without that piece of the mm -hmm. rider and that horse, the stories to families could have been a completely different. It has been a joy to come down yes, here. Yes, yes. I normally don't celebrate my birthday. I dismiss yes. it as any other day of the week. But, this but I fun. told Jim, because of what happened last year with yes. the pandemic, yes. and us partnering with you and yes. having all these people from around the world, yes. I thought it was worth coming down. And thank you for asking us to do the plaque. I yes. mean, that I think was... That was a big deal to these people, that they want to come here and see their now name. Now they can come see it. Really, and to us, it's a huge honor because it's one more piece that connects this building to people outside. Thank yes. you. Well, pleasure. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Crystal Skeda, and I was uh, doing a submission for the Pony Express 1900-mile challenge. Um, I got into horses when I was really... My ch my parents put me on a horse before I could even walk, and that started the love affair, and the rest has just stayed with me forever. Horses are just everything to me. Um, I chose to support the Pony Express uh, Museum through the 1900 Mile Challenge um, because it came across on the War Horse Endurance Challenges, and I thought it was pretty cool to have a giant goal like that. I've never had a huge goal or done a challenge that was that far, and then to actually have something that is as cool as the Pony Express. I mean, how many of us didn't grow up like in awe of some of those Westerns that all of our parents had going on when we were growing up and just like imagined ourselves riding our horses around that many miles? It just, you know, it just amazes me. And the fact that someone is preserving that part of history is just awesome. We didn't know that you know how much we would help them but I'm just glad that we were able to help them. So my main horse that I ride is Diamond. He is a 16 year old quarter horse gelding and um, we do a lot of miles and he's my main endurance horse. And then I have Spirit who is a, a Tennessee Walker Rocky Mountain Cross and she's kind of my one of my heart horses and I ride her as well. I have to pick and choose because she had some injury so many years ago, but we are back riding and she's helping me with this Pony Express challenge. And then I have my son's horse, but we have a mare, Mustang mare named Mustang Sally. She is, must be 12 this year. And my son is mainly riding her. He's doing the challenge as well. He's mainly riding her, but she is one of, one of mine. What is the best part 
of working towards this goal for the Pony Express Challenge. And it's just getting to spend that time with your horse and actually like looking at the time you're putting in and the miles you're putting in and working with them to get to the goal. Um, I just love it. I think it's great. Do I feel committing to this larger goal affected my time spent with my horse? Yeah, I mean, just any time you spend with your horse will increase the the bond and the relationship that you have. And I just feel like the 1900 mile challenge, you know, I do all the small challenges, the 100 mile challenges, and it just, it's just awesome. I, I can't explain it enough. I love it. I feel like just all of the challenges, but the big goal, I realize I have 965 miles total between three of those horses with the bulk of them being carried, like I said, by Diamond. I feel like we just, just putting the miles on and riding them, just, I feel like closer, I guess you could say, or that our relationship is just stronger. And I just feel that like you get to know your horses so well, you can just tell if something is not quite right with them. And I think that is a huge plus for any horse owner. I can't even put words to it. I just feel like we have gained time relationship and miles and just joy sheer joy at being with my horse I feel it's important to preserve that chapter of equine history like with the Pony Express I just think that people need to know especially in a time where everybody is so dependent on technology and the instant click of a button and being like they're just not outside as much and can you imagine I mean they need to know that people actually rode their horses and carried that mail and it wasn't, things weren't instant back then, and they should make them appreciate more of what we have now. And have I participated in other Warhorse Endurance Challenges? Yes, I have done one of each of her challenges, if not a double. Um, I think these challenges are great, and I just think that the family that has been created by the Warhorse Endurance Challenges is phenomenal. Um, you know, it started out with just an idea in Christina's head, and it has grown into a full-blown movement almost. And the support and, and the encouragement that you will find out on that Facebook group is amazing. It's not political. It's completely horses and encouraging and just celebrating successes and then helping people through not so many successes. So I just I think it's great. All right. Well, until we meet again, I will see you out on the trail. Hi, this is Julie from Southern California. My story with horses started when I was really young. I just always loved them more, more than anything. Uh, the only access I had to a horse was my grandpa's Tinker, uh, Shetland pony named Tinkerbell. As I grew up, I had the opportunity to ride with my church family. We would go camping, and they would bring in some rental horses for the weekend, and I got to ride a few times. And then when I was 10, I was old enough to go to horse camp, and I begged my parents. And I would go first one week out of the year, and then two weeks, and then up to three weeks. My mom wasn't really happy because I didn't miss my family at all when I was around horses. This Pony Express 1900-mile uh, challenge has really been helpful for me in keeping me moving. And I think to explain that more, I have to tell you something that happened to me. Uh, about 16 years ago, I had an accident. I came off a friend's horse, and I broke, I fractured my back and my pelvis. And a year later, I bought that same horse. There was a 
there's a theory that there was a mountain lion involved in that particular accident, and I, I, I believe that. So I don't blame the horse. He was a great horse. His name was Dakota. I rode him for many, many years. And then about six years later, I got a second horse named Sammy. Well, Dakota was a big quarter horse. Sammy was a little Arab, untrained, untouched, pretty much left to run wild. And so we had a long relationship of learning together. Sammy is my horse now. I've been riding him for 11 years. But when Dakota retired, I started having massive panic attacks every time I went to get on Sammy. I just... I dreaded the fear that I would I would feel as I'm saddling him up. My legs are shaking, my stomach is hurting, my head is pounding, but Sammy Sammy was my lifeline and it was the only time I had panic attacks was when I was gonna ride that horse. And so in 2019, I decided that I had to set myself a goal so that I wouldn't avoid riding because I loved it so much, even though it was torturous almost every time I would ride. Not because of the horse itself, although he's a little cantankerous, but because of the fear that would just grip me like down to my soul. So in 2019, I set a goal of 50 miles a month and I made it 700 miles for the year. That was great. 2020, I wanted to increase that. And that's when these challenges started. And they were the perfect incentive for me to keep going. What I noticed um, last year in 2020, as Sammy finished Warhorse, Rosebud, Valkyrie, Ranger, Journey, five challenges, 500 miles, my back stopped hurting. Um, my fear went away. It doesn't mean there wasn't times I didn't get off my horse and you know, walk around a scary obstacle. But most of the time I stayed on my horse, we worked through things, I, I developed that confidence that I had lost so much so so long ago. And then my my body responded to being in the saddle, to working with the horse, to moving around, and I just felt better all the time. I think there was a huge change from the extremely fearful rider most people saw four years ago to who I am now. And I I owe a lot of that to Sammy. He didn't make it easy, but we've come a long way. Uh, In 2020, uh, Sammy and I rode 769 miles, but for two of those months, we didn't ride because of the heat and fires and smoke in in California, and also because he he came down with a side bone in one of his feet, and so we've been working to rehab that as best we can. So a friend loaned me a horse in November of 2020 and then gave her to me after seeing that we were a good match. So Sadie is a half-Arab, half-quarter. And um, she is now helping with the Pony Express Challenge. So we're almost halfway. We're at 904 miles. Sammy did two-thirds. Sadie's working on one-third. And we're both, um, all three of us, we're working forward towards the 1,900 miles. Sadie has done Journey, Relentless, and Valor. And she's now working on War Horse 2021. The best part of these challenges is, is just the motivation to get up and ride one more time. Um, There are days where I don't want to ride. I'm tired. Work is hard. And I get up and I go out there and I saddle up and I tell myself I'm just going to ride for 45 minutes. And next thing I know, three hours is gone and I'm feeling better and I'm feeling energized and I know that it was the right thing to do. So having these large goals like the Pony Express really have helped me take one more step, one more ride. Um, because I think it's important to have that life balance, and riding is what balances my insane work life. 
Sammy and I have, we've covered so many miles. We've climbed mountains, we've crossed rivers, and I think that we have really created a better partnership. And and like I said earlier, it has not been easy. Many people told me he was not the horse for me. I was, I'm a quarter horse girl and I have Arabs. <laughs> so it's, it's been a learning experience. I'm a better horse person because of, of the difficulty Sammy has given me and because I pushed through and, and continued to ride. I think the Pony Express is really important because for me, you know, history class wasn't all that exciting until you talked about the horses, right? Pony Express was, was the most interesting thing in all of the history classes I ever took. Because the idea of getting on a horse and just going sounds like heaven to me. I think that um, knowing more about the Pony Express and sharing that is really important. I'm a, a, an obsessive type person sometimes, so of course I had to order a map, which is on the wall in my house now, so that I think about Pony Express whenever I walk by. I bought some fabric and a map, a fabric map to make a quilt so that I can remember this time, because I think it's really important to remember the goals that you have accomplished. Uh, I think we've probably got another, I don't know, year and a half before we finish this this goal, but I'm looking forward to the adventures that we have on the journey. This challenge helped me stay motivated to ride my horse even when I really struggled with fear. And I can thank my friends who ponied me through countless rides and countless scary situations, even when they weren't scary, but they terrified me. And you know, I, I want to thank those friends for really, really helping me. And I am such a different rider from that scared person, you know, four or five years ago, that now I'm the trail route director for our local club, the Altaluma Riding Club. And so now it's my, my job that I volunteered for to go and scout out new locations within, say, an hour of where we live. We trailer out, we explore new trails, which is my favorite thing to do. And these challenges, especially the Pony Express, have really helped me look for the longer trail or add a few more miles to a trail, an extra loop, perhaps. And I'm, I'm grateful for that, that this has helped me regain my confidence and become a better partner with my horse. Thank you. Hey, Jim. Hello. Thank you for taking me to Missouri. I know this uh, podcast is coming out in a few months after our trip, many months after our trip, but we've been pretty busy and um, just wanted to say thank you. It was wonderful. Uh, it was an awesome trip, awesome weather, awesome company, and uh, awesome things to look at down there. It was very interesting. Yeah, when we drove to Kansas, I know at first it was like, oh, another two-hour or whatever, hour-and-a-half drive, whatever it was. I know it was a little like, mm, should we go or shouldn't we go? But don't you think if, if somebody's that close to see the St. Joseph Museum, they should just take that a little extra trip? Because to stand in that barn, that's the last, probably because it's made of stone, but that's the last barn that is was a stable that is actually on the same footprint because all the other ones have been moved. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the uh, the other building just down the road from there that was like one of the uh, way stations, you know, mm -hmm. and that was interesting to look at too. 
So it was, and um, the lady there was so nice as they were close to closing, and she gave us the key to the yeah. building. <laughs> Here's the keys. Lock up on your way out. Yeah. So, so the neat thing is that we took our dog with us. We took Darby with us. He's an older German Shepherd, and we didn't want to leave him anywhere, so we took him with us. So, he got to go actually in the Marysville Museum, and the guy loved him. And Darby got to walk around the museum and uh, and the barn. So Darby's been in that barn and out and around it. And then when we went down to the other property, it was a little hike down to the building. Like I said, she gave us the key, so Darby walked all around that. Like you said, it was a store. So it wasn't a barn, but it was like a, a way station, a change changing station. Yeah, it was kind of like where they you know would stop, get a bite to eat. And a lot of these way stations, they were something else. Yeah. And yeah. then they doubled and said, sure, we'll, we'll do that also. Um, but that's what I loved about the Marysville, Kansas place is, you know, it really had tons of history in that building. So thanks for taking me. And um, thank you for supporting these challenges because without you um, and the podcast, <laughs> Without you backing me on it, I wouldn't do any of it. Oh, um, yes, you would, but I'm glad to be there for you. Well, not if you didn't want me to. I wouldn't do the it. The wind beneath your wings. You are. You're funny. Right. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, too. Thank you for supporting everything. Thank you for being there for me and for helping me. Yep. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. We enjoyed having you along for the ride. Endurance Horse Podcast is where you get to share your adventures of riding good horses through beautiful country. Many stresses in life are washed away by a good gallop, a steady trot, or by simply saddling up your favourite horse for an easy ride. Remember, every mile a memory. To share your story on Endurance Horse Podcast, send an email to endurancehorsepodcast at gmail.com.